What is up, everybody? Welcome to the U.S. Anfield Podcast for this national holiday of Scouse Pride and Liverpool fans across the world. It is June 1st, exactly one year since I got my wallet stolen in Madrid. Oh. <laughs> Something else happened? Something else happened that day, yeah. Um, we, we won the sixth European Cup in the club's history, um, continuing our... You know, stretching our dominance over Europe across England. Um, believe we are the third most European Cups now in the history of European football behind Madrid and AC Milan. Um, and, uh, you know, again, Manchester United only have three, so they can suck my butt. <laughs> Corey, where <laughs> were you 12 months ago today? Where, where was I? I have a really lame story. You had like this like amazing experience. Listen, well, that's guys, why I'm having you go first. For the so listeners, I, I, hold on. No, so <laughs> I, for the listeners, I, I need you to know this. If you have a brother that is way more fortunate than you and has a way better job, <laughs> he will only take you to Liverpool once. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be an idiot and use it up for a Newcastle at home match. When it's negative 30 outside. Yeah, and raining, and you spend all day inside, you wait, and you cash in when he's going to Madrid. <laughs> so, yeah, I, my, my my experience was rather lame. Um, I was at home, um, had, had some friends over. Um, I tried to make it as much like, uh, I guess, like the American experience of uh, Super Bowl tailgating kind of thing. Uh-huh. So we like grilled out burgers and, you know, had beers and stuff. Uh, but, you know, like no one I know that lives here is even remotely close to as into Liverpool as I am. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Phil's probably the closest and Phil's, Phil's really into it, but it's really, it's an awkward setting when everyone's like, oh, this is a cool soccer game. And like my blood my, is running. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You're not yelling loud enough when, <laughs> when Mo Salah scores, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, it was pretty, pretty boring. We just, I mean, I mean, it was really exce- like as far as the setting, the, the excitement. I'm, I was on the floor over and over and over. Um, but yeah, nothing to write home about except for we won it. Yeah, so I'll give you uh, my side of the story. I had quite an adventure, uh, to say the least, and. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll lead us up to the game, then we can just discuss the game and then we can discuss kind of the post game, uh, how it all went down and what we both got to experience. So it, it goes back to the Barcelona game for me, you know, after we won that, I woke up the next day going, I've got to go to Madrid. I had no plans of ever going to Madrid, no intentions, but I woke up that morning going, you know, I just, I had a feeling that we'd win, you know, with Kiev and the in the rearview mirror and, and that, you know, I couldn't go to Kiev. There's just no possible way traveling from the States over there. You know, I'd started a new job, um, you know, a very demanding job. And I was just kind of real fortunate with the way Madrid worked out. Um, you know, once we beat Barcelona, I, I had gotten a brand new boss too. I mean, I'd known this guy for like a week. And so like within a <laughs> week, I'm going, Hey boss, I know I've not planned this vacation at all, but I'm going to need, to take off to to Spain um, for a soccer match. 
And I wish you could know my boss because he is a bass fishing, just just a good old country boy, shall I say the least. And uh, yeah. just trying to explain to him why I have to travel across the world to go to a soccer game um, in the middle of, you know, uh, summer. He, uh, But he was gracious and, and just kind of let me do it. He knew it was important to me. And so... Uh, I proceeded to, first of all, find flights. And if you know anything about me, I'm a pretty incredible travel agent when it comes to value. <laughs> Not exactly time spent traveling, though. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I had a four day trip plan. The first 24 hours of the trip were me flying from Nashville to DC, DC to Rome, and Rome to Madrid. I had a 12-hour layover in Rome, which, believe me, there were places to have. So I got to go into the city, had some lunch by the Coliseum, drinking an Aperol spritz, you know, just getting prepped and ready to, to arrive in Madrid. Um, and so, yeah, I spent the night on the, the floor in the, the Rome airport um, to fly out. To, and I got to Madrid at like 11 p.m. at night, the night before the final. And, um, you know, I was going, I was traveling alone. I know with me and, and, you know, I'm going to talk about a few people over the course of this, um, a few times. So one of those is John Gibbons from the Anfield Rap and the other is, um, one of his best friends named Michael Biggs. And, you know, I had reached out to John prior to coming over, you know, you and I had traveled to Liverpool before, um, earlier that year and mm-hmm. got to go on their podcast. You know, we've had John and a few other guys join our podcast and they've become like good friends. And as you said, you know, it's really hard to find people in the States that are close enough where you can get together that are just on the same wavelength are you, you know? And I always mm-hmm. feel like an extension of that, that Anfield rap group, just cause I listen to them so much, you know what I mean? Like, even, you know, when we went to Liverpool, you meet him, you start talking to him, like you just have so much context about their lives and because you, you're, you're listening in on all their conversations all day, every day, if you're like Corey and I. Yeah. And so we became, you know, like I would say pen pals, you know, to a degree, you know, we, we mess each yeah. other back and forth. We laugh at each other's content and um, I'd reached out and just asked, hey man, do you mind if I tag long? I mean, I'm traveling over there by myself. I don't know, Seoul in Spain. And I, I feel like, you know, you guys are like long distance friends of mine and, uh, you know, credit to John. He didn't miss a beat. He said, absolutely, man, would love to have you. And, and furthermore, you know, we hadn't seen John in a year, um, just over a year, possibly. More than that. Yeah. Yeah. It was March and then June the next year. And so I, I get to Barcelona, <laughs> I mean, not Barcelona, Madrid, sorry. And, um, I remember getting in the Uber to, I rented, I rented some, you could not find a room in Madrid, okay? Everybody's trying to get hotels, <laughs> Airbnbs are all booked. I found a little old lady's house. She let me sleep in her spare bedroom for $17 a night, okay? Didn't speak a oh lick of English, none. Just, <laughs> just Casey, yes and no. That was all there was, okay? And so yeah. I find my way and, and, and my way over there to put my, my you know, I'm, I have a backpack and that's it. You know, I'm only going to be there for literally two days and I'm flying. I have a 24-hour flight back home. Um, and we get there and I remember texting uh, John going, hey, you guys taking it easy for the night or, or uh, <laughs> to save up because, you know, they were going on stage for the big fan party the next morning at 11 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I figured they'd been traveling. I mean, I got there at 11 o'clock, so you got to think, by the time I'm to my room, it's probably midnight. And and uh, he just, all it says is like, ha ha, get over here. And it just had like a... 
No, you sent me a, you sent me a screenshot of it and said, LOL address. Yeah. <laughs> and so credit to them, you know, I hop on a, I hop on an Uber and drive literally all the way across Madrid. I was as far as away as I could be from these guys from where I stood. Cause I, I stayed very close to the stadium and they were actually in like city center Madrid. So I get over there and I, I, I walk up the uh, to the hotel and I look and they tell me they're on the roof and I'm like oh, okay, so I go to the roof and it's everybody you know the whole crew and um, I walk up and pat John on the back and you know again it'd be like a year and a half and he just turns around and wraps his arm around me and just smacks this big kiss on my cheek and just like embraced <laughs> me like I was one of their own and dude I tell you man that. That made me feel so good and so welcome and so a part of it. And then, you know, through chatting with John, he introduced me to his buddy Michael. And him and Michael have been good friends. And, you know, Michael's wife is on the Info Rap show occasionally. And so I had some context of who he was and their relationship. Just turned out to be one of the nicest guys. And um, so we end up that night at the bar. They had shut down the bar on the roof. And so they looked up a, a bar that we could go to. And there was this next the place called The Next Level. And it was like a like a barcade, like a, a free arcade game where they served booze. And so like 15 mm-hmm. of us roll into this place. And it's literally underground. It's in a basement. Like there's a – literally you go in, they open the door, and there's an elevator that takes you downstairs underground. And you get there, and the place is not big at all. It's a real small bar. has all, like, old-school arcade games and just banging all Liverpool songs. You could hear it over and over and over. And we're drinking um, gin and tonics. And I'm talking, we're drinking gin and tonics out of wine glasses. But I'm not talking, like, that wine glass you get at, at, at a restaurant. I'm talking, like, the wine you pour yourself at home where you fill the whole cup up. <laughs> Right, I got wine glasses that can hold a whole bottle. That's how big the wine glass is. And we're drinking gin and tonics that are I'm filled to the lip of these wine glasses. And, uh, you know, Dua Lipa comes on. We start singing the Bobby Firmino song. Start singing the Virgil song. And everybody's just drinking and drinking. And it was just, we were having such a, a, a blast, man. And then just that night, I'll never forget. Well, end up calling it a night um, before the rest of them because I still had to figure a way. I'd been in Madrid for two hours, three hours at this point, and I had to get back to my room just to, to get some sleep. And I'm absolutely housed at this point. Like, we, we were drinking quickly. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm all of 6'2", 6'3", you know, 220, 230 then, right? And... You know, as you guys listen to us know, I, I know how to defend myself as well, you know, being a purple bone jiu-jitsu. I'm okay. I mean, I'm not going to beat up everybody, but, you know, I could I would take my chances with most anybody at random. I end up getting pickpocketed um, on my way to find a cab, and uh, I didn't know it. I had no idea it happened. Dude, and here's the worst part. I have one of those big, um, like passport type wallets because it's it's large and thin because I wear my pocket in my front pocket because I have a bad back and they always told me sitting on the wallet would hurt my back worse. And so, like ten years ago, I started wearing my wallet in my front pocket. So some little sneaky bastard walks up to my big ass, probably stumbling all over the place, right? And I've you know, I'm, I'm wearing jeans, and they're not loose, baggy jeans, you know. They're somewhat tight to my leg. And my wallet is in my front pocket, and dude lifts it, and I have no clue. So I find that I finally realize it when I'm in the uh, cab going back to my Airbnb. And I'm talking the moment I arrived at my Airbnb, 
I went to go check my pocket for my phone and my wallet, and it was then. I'm like, oh, my God. And I didn't panic at first, but I, I was like, oh, it just must be in the cab. So I get out and turn my flashlight on. No wallet. And I'm like instantly my heart sinks. I'm like ripping up everything I can. I've been in. Ima- imagine you losing your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Depending how how well how closely you follow us. Last time Corey and I were in Spain together, I lost my wallet there too. Um, so, know the story. Get a fanny pack when you go to Spain. It'll uh, save you a lot of headache. <laughs> but um, I melt down, dude. You know, I've been in. I've been at this point in Madrid for three, four hours. No wallet. No money. I had probably 150 euros in my wallet, all my credit cards, my ID. Luckily, I had my passport separately, um, but I had nothing. And so I go into my my little room in this lady's apartment, and the first thing I do is like call my wife, and and I I, I like barked at her. I'm like, don't say anything. I lost my wallet. <laughs> like I told her up front, like I don't want none of your shit. Don't <laughs> don't. I don't want to hear it. I need your help right now <laughs> so you know being a loving doting wife that i probably don't deserve she uh canceled all the cars and did all that for me and and so i'm laying there in madrid like going i don't have any money i have no access to money i don't have any debit cards no credit cards my wife just turned off the credit cards right and i'm crying i'm laying like i'm drunk crying in this bedroom by myself in madrid okay i'm texting john i like oh my god i lost all my money i can't find my wallet and all he's saying is don't worry about it mate we'll take care of you it happens blah blah, blah. and um i'm like facebook messaging the bar seeing if they found it where I was left it at. Like maybe I left it on the counter and someone picked it or something and you know the bar wrote back they didn't have it. And so I'm like, my my life is ruined at this moment. Like I'm I'm in Madrid for three more days with no money. Like, <laughs> like I'm gonna have to start being a thief, right? <laughs> I'm gonna have to get smuggled back home. <laughs> I'm gonna have I'm gonna be crossing borders illegally in people's pickup trucks, like like I do in video games. And man, I woke up the next morning and I have a message on my phone um, to my work email account, and someone had found my wallet, and I had my business card inside it with my work email address, and they'd email me saying, "Hey, we had found your wallet. It's at so and so," and it was that someone had taken it to this bank. And Corey, I, I mean, I woke up as bad as hungover as I've ever been in my life, and. You know, I've I've got a pretty long track history with long nights and, and hangovers are not something that, you know, I ever let keep me down. I was on death's door this morning, okay? <laughs> so I get this message and instantly, like, hangover's healed. I'm I'm like cloud <laughs> in the clouds. I'm skipping down the like, yeah. <laughs> I'm skipping down the streets of Madrid going, I got I finally found my wallet. You know, and I get there and sure enough, the lady had it and I go and grab my wallet and open it up and all my cash is gone. And so, but the cool thing, my ID was there. All my credit cards were there. Just took like the 150 euros in cash that I had. And I was like, no problem. I just got a pickpocket. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I just want my cash. Didn't want anything else to do it. And she had told me that she found it at the bottom of a subway that someone had taken the cash and just dropped my wallet at the bottom of the subway and she happened to find it and took it with her. And so then it sinks in. 
oh shit, all my credit cards have been canceled and stopped. So I have, I still have no cash. I got a wallet full of cards I can't use anymore. And I'm like, well, and then it all, all the hangover, it just goes <laughs> right back. <laughs> and I'm going, I've, I've gotten maybe 30, 30 euro cents, not even a dollar in my pocket, just a couple coins. And uh, I'm texting John and, and he's like, just come over, man. We'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. No problem. And, you know, I'm there tagging along already. Like they were so kind just to let me be a part of it because, you know, I didn't get to do anything like super wild or anything. But, you know, those guys were on were part of the show, you know, they and, and going yeah. on. If you want to hear a wild story, listen to the Anfield Raps player party stories today um you know we were real close to to them and what was going on i got to spend it with some really good friends and i just remember standing i got there at probably 11 o'clock in the morning and uh standing there and it's a hundred degrees and i'm as hungover as i've ever been in my life and i've not eaten anything and i have no food so sitting there and people are gathering around and I see these, I see these guys with like a, a, a plastic shopping bag, and it's got two like baguette loaves of bread, <laughs> and, and literally like a poor starving child. I, I pull out like the thirty cents in my pocket, and going, guys, I got my wallet stolen last night. I have no money. This is all the change that I have. I have nothing. I've not eaten anything today. Do you, can I please buy your bread? And they were, dude, with all the pity, all the pity in the world, they're like, man, if you're offering me 30 cents for a loaf, for a loaf of bread, you can just have it. And I'm like, fair enough. And so I've got pictures of me standing there eating a baguette of bread. And John's friends had been buying cases of beer. And this is not cold beer. These are packs of 24, lukewarm, outside, no refrigerator beer. And so I'm drinking hot beer and eating a freaking baguette of food. And, you know, I finally start coming around. I'm feeling really good. Um, the music starts playing. You know, all the chants are going off. The flares are going off. You, you know, you're you're finally able to soak up the atmosphere a little bit, you know. And then um, John gave me, I think it was like 80 euros, 100 euros or something. And he was like, just pay me back when you get home, man. Don't worry about it at all. And uh, his buddy, Michael, he said he came up to me and just put his arm around me. Cause you know, I, I feel so guilty. I feel like such an idiot. Like I'm yeah. the, idiot, I'm the guy that tagged along and y'all are having to give me money that you guys didn't plan a budget for. And Michael yeah. looked at me and just goes, it's what we do. We're scousers. We take care of each other. And like that in that moment, like, <laughs> like I wanted to hug him and cry because I was just like, <laughs> So emotionally overwhelmed, you know, I was so jet lagged and so tired. I was so hungover, you know, and it only, when you're in that state, it only takes like this, literally the straw that breaks the camel's back for you to lose all your control. And, um, yeah. you know, they were just so kind and so welcoming and didn't, all they wanted me to do was have a good time. They wanted me to experience what I came to experience and not let all that yeah. shit that I had just gone through the night before and was dealing with that day, like cloud my mind. He was like, we're at the European cup final, man, like enjoy yourself. Don't worry about the money. We'll buy your food, get your water, whatever you need. All right. All right. So set in, start having a blast. I'm there for about two hours and I'm like, I'm going to throw up. Like if I don't get some real sustenance in me and some more water because I'm dehydrated yeah. and it's scalding hot outside. And, uh, you know, 
the the game was late that night. Kickoff was what, like seven thirty, eight o'clock? If I'm not, maybe no, it was nine, wasn't it? Nine, yeah. yeah it, so it, I think it's nine hours difference from here, and I think it was at noon. Yeah, I think you're right. So I'm pretty. I'd been up since nine o'clock that morning, as hungover as ever, outside <laughs> in the beating sun until that night. Mm-hmm. So I end up going. I just end up walking down the street, find a little bar. I sit down to have some food and I take one bite and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to throw this up. And it was delicious. I just couldn't like, my stomach was so sick and upset that I couldn't eat it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm literally taking bites like baby bites just cause I know I have to get into me and there's no way I'm going to make it. Um, yeah. and then finally get to go back and you know, once the, the fan park went off and you know, those legendary videos that most everybody at Liverpool supporter has seen now of them playing the songs and just that courtyard is, is not the right word. This giant plaza of like, you know, 50 to 70,000 yeah. fans or what you want to believe, man. I saw some of the most wild stuff in this little group. And uh, just had the absolute time of my life. And then, you know, we all broke up and I made my way um, to the I, – I went back to the house because I, I wanted to take like a little nap because there was no way I was going to go to the match at 9 and, and be up till midnight mm-hmm. and so forth. So I go and take like an hour nap. I just literally am drinking water out of the lady's faucet in her bathroom because I didn't have any water <laughs> bottles or anything. Just trying to hydrate. And I take like an hour-long nap. And then I was like, I'm just going to – I was I was outside of town at a good night. I was like, I'm just gonna walk towards town, wait till I hear people singing Liverpool music, and then, you know, follow the yellow brick road. And so I walk for a mile, nothing. Two miles, nothing. I'm walking I don't know this place and, and you know, with all due respect, it didn't look like the kind of place that I should be walking around by myself, um, not knowing <laughs> yeah. where I'm going, you know. And then all of a sudden I start hearing See Senor and you and I was like, I'm getting closer. And it was like it became like you know the North Star was that song. And I just and I ended up at this little um it was like a bar and it was packed with scousers. Packed. And uh I'd got there probably ten minutes before kickoff, and then that takes us up, you know, to to the game. And, you know, they're in there just banging on the wall, singing, and and I'm looking around going, we're all going to get kicked out of here. There is zero chance we make it yeah. through this match. And then whistle blows, game goes, you know, and I'm sitting there just, like, I'm so nervous. And and then, you know, I'll let, uh, I'll let you take it off from Sadio runs down and, you know, whether he did it on purpose or not, I don't care. I mean, it was an unbelievable start to the game and, and got us off to the right foot. And I don't know why I'm still so terrified every time Mo Salah takes a penalty because he literally never misses. But every time I'm, I'm just like <laughs> shitting bricks that he's he's going to end up skying it somewhere. But, uh, man, what do you think? Do you think Sadio did it on purpose? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. You think so? Definitely. Yeah, I I wonder, dude. I've been playing a ton of football manager. I wonder if that wasn't part of the team talk. <laughs> when you get in the box, start kicking the ball up, and they leave their arms out. The old Luisor is special. Yep. Yeah, my conspiracy theorist hat. Um. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was intentional. Um. And it's so crazy that you mentioned Mo because he every single penalty he takes, like. 
I don't think there's really any consistency, but they're always just, just as the hard shit as you can. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was watching back some of the goals from this season, and he has a penalty against Tottenham mm-hmm. again. Yeah. And it's Vorm in goal. Yeah. And he kicks it the exact same spot yeah. that he kicks it against Lloris. It's so hard because he went straight up the middle, too. And when you're watching that, you can't tell where it's going or what's going on. And, uh, I mean, I almost fainted. I, like, I'm sitting there, and it's just like I, I've come close to fainting a few times this season. The, the Barcelona game, I almost fainted twice. And then when when that ball went in, you know, I couldn't believe it. Like, you just – going from what we went through in Kiev, you know, and losing in such grand fashion um, as literally throwing the ball into your net twice. Uh <laughs> <laughs> to, to get, you know, a penalty and it wasn't the second minute. I mean, it was like a minute and 30 in or something like that to, to get yeah, that really, kind of start. Really early. I mean, what a way to like calm the nerves and get you, you know, really in the driver's seat and throw every game plan that Tottenham had completely out the window. Mm-hmm. Lady Casey, uh, Casey O'Brien, she, she sent in a question. She asked, do you think there would be any different and any difference in the result if they start Lucas Mora? I don't know that it would have been a different result. I think it would have been a more entertaining game. Um, you know, one thing that Mora has that Kane doesn't is just loads of pace. And and I just don't – I'm never going to understand why he didn't play him. You know, he was on form. He he literally lifted them out of the clutches of defeat against Ajax in the semifinal. And the one of the only reasons they made it to the final, Kane been on the bench eating Cheetos hurt for like months – and like, oh, the first game you're going to throw him back into is against Liverpool in the final when you have someone just red hot on the bench. And yeah. I think I think a lot of coaches probably would have played Kane, you know what I mean? Just because he has that I can stick it in the net thing where, you know, Mora's not as prolific as a finisher. But I think against our team, if you want to have a chance, it's going to have to be pace. And, yeah, given you're running up against Joe Gomez and Virgil van Dijk, who might be the two fastest people in the league, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the only Adama. yeah the only other opportunity you're gonna get you, you know Kane's not beating any of them guys in the air he's not beating them for pace he's not beating them for technique you know I think if you put Virgil van Dijk as a center forward in the Premier League he probably score as many goals as Kane you know he's just that good of a football yeah. player right and then with with Joe Gomez being oh, as tremendous as he is um on the cover it really you know set it up for just an incredible, incredible start. And I think it was the bad, I think it was a bad call by him, but I don't know that if you're in that position, you couldn't make the other way, you know? Yeah. I was thinking about it and I don't know listeners, if you have not gone back and watched the highlights from that Ajax match, uh, with, with Spurs, please do, because I went back and watched it and it's really unfortunate that ours overshadows it because I think it might be, I mean, the most roller coaster ride of soccer I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, if you watch it, it's like just Ajax hits the post, Spurs hits the post. <laughs> like, it's over and over and over. And it looks like Ajax is going to win it until, like, literally at the death, they pull it off. And all of Ajax falls down crying. And, you know, it, it's. Like the picture perfect ending that will only will always be overshadowed by us because we're great, um, but yeah, I feel like 
if I was Lucas Mora, I, I don't know how you don't ask for like a transfer or something like that, saying like, what more do I have to do to get that spot? Yeah. You know what? I just remembered Joe Gomez didn't even play that game. It was Matip. So <laughs> to yeah. disregard everything I yeah. just said, I was like, I was thinking about that. I was like, Matip does the assist to yeah, to yeah, yeah. That's that's the gin and tonic sound <laughs> talking. It was uh, you know, and and to that, you know, what put more on freaking Matip? You know, old giraffe, baby, baby giraffe on ice. You know, and given he had been one of the best defenders on earth that time in the run up to the game, and and you know now it's coming back to me. You know he. It's still, I think you got to gamble. You know what I mean? I think yeah. it was more of a gamble to go with Kane than it was rolling the dice with your hot, you know, with the hot hand. So, I so think, what happened when? Uh, so when are you scored? Oh Jesus! You know, it was just so tense, man. You get, I mean, it was late. It was late. What eighty fourth, eighty fifth? Was it late eighty seventh? Maybe it was too late. It was too late to be comfortable. I know that. Right, I was yeah. I was so anxious and so nervous just because uh, I remember uh, Erickson getting that free kick, and it was in uh-huh. the hallway until Ninja Cat comes flying through the air and saves it at the last second. Um, yeah, you know, Kane, Kane and Son hooked up for a few little good positions, and I think Son got in a in a good opportunity to put a shot on goal and. It was just way too close for comfort, and you know, credit to the team, man. The defense was just so resolute, and they had been all season, really just uh, defending with 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 wisdom and you know maturity, and had no anxiety or anxiousness about them. And we, you know, I was just absolutely just sweating in the, in this little bar, and going crazy. But you know, then uh, yeah, it came in and laid down at Matt's feet, and. He just plays a perfect ball into Reggie's path, and just and touch snap, touch snap, bang, bottom corner. Couldn't hit it better. Like it's exactly what you teach strikers when you're in that position where you shoot at, you know, low and hard mm-hmm. across the goalie. It's the hardest thing to get to, and uh, it. He celebrates that, like I like I scored against my daughters. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, it is Sunday League for Dewakery in the Champions League final. He's so yeah. It was just like he's like this isn't nearly as good as the one I scored against Everton. You know what I mean? Like he he, yeah. he had so many moments. You think of him what the season that he went through. With, uh, yeah, and and just his whole career with Liverpool. You know what I mean? We bought him, loaned him back, came back, couldn't get in the team. We we loan him out again. Has an awful season. Comes back, you know, and then just starts becoming kind of like this folk hero legend. You know, people aren't people aren't going to believe that he was a real person when he started telling these like Paul Bunyan stories of all the goals that he scored. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you imagine us sitting on our rocking chairs when we're like eighty, talking about how you won't believe it. <laughs> it's like the ball came in and Virgil Van Dyke swung and shanked it up into the hair, but then. <laughs> God blew a gust of wind in the air and kept the ball <laughs> rotating back. And all of a sudden, Divac pops up <laughs> and heads it in from three centimeters outside the goal line to win, not in the 90th minute, the 95th minute against Everton. <laughs> I mean, they're just tall tales. And for him to score, you know, mm. like that, it was just, it was suiting for him because he had so many important goals up to the season. Think about the one about uh, against Newcastle there at the death of the header that he put in. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wow, 
He he's lethal when he gets when he, when he when he's on, he's lethal, right? It's just a matter of catching him on his on days. Did you listen to uh you have, have you listened to the the Arnold Arugi story from the Anthony Rap? Um no, I gotta listen to their player party one today and then I listened to uh John uh-huh. Rose Agony Hour this morning, so haven't made it through all the content. So here's here's the gist of it. Um they Gibbo found this guy um on Twitter. Because uh, he heard the story that essentially there's this Irish guy who goes over to Madrid. Uh, some guy next to him asks him for a phone charger to charge his phone while they wait. And uh, it happens to be Divock Origi's brother, Arnold Origi. Oh, wow. And then he like, gives him uh, the charger. And then he, Arnold Origi, gives him tickets to the final. Oh, goodness. I like, just like, hey, Divock, Divock gave me five tickets to give out to fans that I saw that were real Liverpool fans. Here you go. Oh, my God. So. Give us, I'm, I, it's my second day back at jiu-jitsu in three years. It's 5.45 a.m. and I'm driving to, to, I'm driving to the gym and I'm like, I got I to gotta change this podcast right now. I'm going <laughs> to show up. All these MMA fighters crying. <laughs> you guys were here to fight? Uh, it was, it's super emotional. You got to do it. I teared up over and over and over. Oh, I'm so bummed. Yeah, I. You know, if you guys listen to us, you've heard. I, I literally DM LeBron James, Linda Pizzuti, in air. I mean, anybody who was anybody in the Liverpool world, you know, in air. He's the CEO of Nashville soccer team, but I know he went over too. And I was trying to make a connection to Nashville and Liverpool with him, trying to get games. Like, I will sit on the fucking roof. I do not care. Like, just get, <laughs> I, I traveled all this way by myself, just find a way to get into the game. But security was really tight and. If you haven't heard the stories about what the Spanish police were like, uh, you know, it, they were less than um, welcoming, shall we say. So you just try to play it cool and not get yourself in trouble. And, you know, considering I have my wallet already gone, I didn't want to have to explain who the hell I was, if, uh, you know, by the time, <laughs> you know, it came around. So, yeah, we ended up, you know, when Arigi scored, I just remember ketchup bottles in the restaurant. I mean, literally ketchup flying all on the people were just grabbing ketchup bottles and like, shaking them like you would a champagne bottle and i'm like guys it doesn't do the same thing you know what i mean <laughs> i think everyone's relatively yeah. okay with champagne going everywhere not ketchup right and so you just see like swaths of ketchup flying through the front of the restaurant there's ketchup on the ceiling i remember them hitting on the wall and like wall pillars started falling off on the ground of course glasses just shattering like psh, it was like the 4th of July, but glasses and, and beers sprouting up everywhere. And, uh, I mean, it was to the point, like, you couldn't walk because you were going to slip and fall on glass because it was so wet and, you know, there was so, there was so much just, like, ketchup and beer and glass everywhere. Um, but, man, I got some really great pictures, some really great videos and just, you know, some memories. And I FaceTimed you um, after, after the match. Mm-hmm. I, I walked back. You know, probably two or three miles from the bar that I found to a thing, and I just wanted to call you and share it with you, and you know, because you were the one, only person I could. And at that time, um, John and them all had to go. You know, they were most of them were. John ended up DJing the players' party. So if you've not heard that story, please go to the Ample Rap and listen. Um, It came out today, but John. Somehow got to uh, be the DJ of the player party. He's got pictures with him and, you know, uh, Sturridge and, and Virgil. And I just, what a wild, wild experience. And then they all had yeah. early flights back home to get home for the um, parade. 
Great. So, you know, I was pretty yeah. much back on my own again. And so I slept off that day. I had flew out the next afternoon and ended up flying back into Milan, spent the night in Milan, slept on the floor of the Milan airport and had another 24 hour <laughs> excursion back home. Um, you know, so I went through quite a four day, like, excursion um I, I i drove uber for like a month just to because i told my wife i was like i won't take anything out of savings i'll pay for this all my own like so <laughs> i went and drove uber after working you know i'm, I'm in a, a senior leadership position in my company but i really wanted to like prove to my wife like, i'm gonna do this and you know and and, and figured a way to raise some extra cash and and get to go but you know walking around madrid had some incredible food and it's a it's a really beautiful city. Just be be careful and watch your wallet because it's a it's kind of an <laughs> epidemic over there. Um, you know, getting pickpocketed. So then we won six. Part of me is happy that we. Part of me is happy that we are out of the Champions League because Casey has been dead set on getting me go to, to go to Turkey, and it has not happened. Oh man, I just thought it was so serendipitous. Like I was like. You know, five was in Istanbul. This was back in Istanbul, coming off, going back to defend it back to back, and I was I was yep, so sure. You know, Jurgen's not lost a single two legged tie, right? And for us to go out to the team that we won in their home stadium was just like that kind of sucked. But you know, we didn't deserve to win over that two legs, and uh, you know, Madrid found a way to but do we it. Have- we have more soccer coming. That yes, is the do. most important thing. It's up and coming Every, in, what, three weeks now? We got, not even. 17, because no, City's yeah, first match, yeah. 17 days. Well, 16 days, yeah. And if they don't if they don't win that match, we got a chance to seal it at Goodison, or wherever they put us, because they're a bunch of discriminating bastards. <laughs> don't let, they're just, <laughs> it's like, crazy. okay, there were 70,000 Liverpool fans in Madrid. Do you think if they really wanted to go to Wembley, like they couldn't get 70,000 people to go to Wembley? Like it's, yeah, and just mob the city up just to be there and, and share with it. But they they won't do it. It's just such a naive and stupid thing. It just shows that, you know, Scousers are almost thought of as a second class citizen over there to a lot of the, the standard British media and, and the way people view Liverpool and the people in Liverpool live in Liverpool. And I can tell you from my single experience in being in Madrid that day, but the numerous times I've been to Liverpool and shared with people in Liverpool and got to experience hospitality and kindness of people in Liverpool. There's not a place on earth that I've ever felt more welcomed and, um, people that truly care about lifting each other up because a lot of the rest yeah. of their own country is against them. And uh, I just want to say I'm so grateful for John and, and, and Michael um, treating me like a, like a brother and like a part of the crew and, and, and not letting me have a poor experience even with the circumstances that I had to go through. So just and grateful for those guys. They both text me today and um, just uh, said happy Liverpool day. So that was just kind of fun to relive and getting to hear John talk about some of his stories. It was just kind of cool to be a part of it and, and see behind the curtain a little bit of kind of what people from Liverpool who follow the club so intimately are get to do and experience when you hear about those European away days and stuff like that. Like it's, Ain't nothing better, man, than traveling around Europe, seeing the sights, seeing the history, get to experience yeah. the local culture, and you get to do it with people that are very like-minded with you. Because even though I live in Nashville and we have an OLSC here, um, I live a little bit outside of town. It's just hard for me to get up that early and, 
and drive there and think about having pints and being able to drive back home. And, and so I spend most of the time watching games from my house and uh, on my own. And so any opportunity that I get to be with people like that, um, you know, in that kind of special environment on such a, a grand stage to do something historical like win a sixth European Cup, man, I'll, I'll never forget it. Completely with you. Well, we should wrap this up. But before we do, I think we need to make an announcement that this podcast is no longer unofficially, officially, unofficially sponsored by Moderna. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, I think it's been, it's been a little bit since we had a lot of pod just with work, uh, you know, and the pandemic's kind of messed things up and our schedules have time out, gotten... Time out, Whoa, 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 what? whoa, whoa. It has not been a little bit because of work. It has been a little bit because Casey likes to go to the lake and take his new jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> our our last non-existent podcast is brought to you by the Cumberland River. <laughs> no, I uh, I did buy a jet ski, but it's only because I'm not I'm not I can't travel anywhere, so I'm stuck at I'm stuck at home relatively, and so I want to you know be able to go out and have fun, and just felt like it was at a point in my life where I needed a, a big a new toy, and uh, it's been a good time. You can see right now. I, I know you can't see listeners, but I got. I'm pretty red and sunburned from from being out all day yesterday, but yeah, Moderna, um, a bunch of inside trading assholes. <laughs> I was I was so ready to retire based off of my initial small investment into Moderna, but they uh, got hit with a lawsuit um, for a potential insider trading to the tunes of like you know 150 million dollars, and um, don't know if you know allegedly. this or not, but yeah, allegedly. The stock market frowns about them, upon that, and um, the stock lost like thirty percent in a single day. And I said, "I'm out," <laughs> and took all my money. <laughs> I've still kind of got my money in a holding pattern because I want to see um, kind of how it plays out for a little bit. But yeah, I would. Uh, I'm not telling you to cash out, but I'm telling you it looks a little bit more risky than the sure thing I guaranteed you last time we were on here. <laughs> A little bit more risky. Uh, uh, well, I don't know if we both said it was a sure thing. I think one of us was pretty skeptical. <laughs> you, you were pretty. You, you had to believe it was a. It was an incredible run for the short time I was in it. It was. Oh yeah, it was all night long, <laughs> rolling doubles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. It's, it's eventually you're gonna go bust though, and. Fortunately, I still made about a hundred and twenty-five percent return on my investment, um, and got out before it, you know I lost anything more. So, uh, the the stock market is not to be is not is not to be played with. It is serious with a lot of risk. But um, yeah, I think we can bring uh, we can bring this podcast to you from from SpaceX now since my boss put a freaking people <laughs> on a rocket and shot them to a space station and absolutely nailed it. Oh, and then the rocket came back and landed on itself on a remote control landing pad that's the size of my house. In the middle of the and ocean. I don't live in a big house. In the middle of the ocean. In the middle of the ocean. Corey, yeah. if I stuck that landing Adobe. pad in the middle of the ocean and gave you a hundred times to throw a rock and land it on it from like 50 feet away, I don't know that you could. <laughs> they land a rocket no from chance. space. <laughs> and it stand no up. No chance. <laughs> so... Yeah, if you don't know, I work for Tesla and get to celebrate those kind of things. So, got a cool so boss cool. doing humanities, hum, humanitarian work. 
I'm never going to Mars, though, homie. Space can suck it. <laughs> That's a whole that different is, podcast. That is the name of this show. I'm never going to Mars. Space, Space can, can suck, suck it. it. All right. With that, man, I just wanted to relive that day with you guys and share um, some of our experiences and uh, really hope yeah, you guys are doing well um, with everything going on in the world right now. Just know uh, we love and care about Everyone out there who listens to us, we're so grateful and appreciative. And, you know, to my friends in Liverpool and across the world, um, just stay safe out there. Yep. And until, until next time, walk on. Walk on. <laughs>